episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me are my co-hosts, two of them this week. One is Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. And Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt. And also, we have John Parker. What's up, guys? John, you can find on Twitter at Horizon. John, you can find the podcast on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can find us on the website at HorizonRoundtable.com and be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And Matt and John, see, look, I didn't mess up the intro this week. No, I have a question, though, Bob. So <laughs> yes. when I listened to that Justin Kinner one, which was really, really a great little uh, bonus episode, there was like a different intro music. Which intro music are we getting on this one? Is that like a new one or is that just for the bonus episode? That's just for the bonus. We do have the bonus episodes. Yes, okay. that's right. All right, I wasn't sure. I, w- I was digging that intro, and we don't record with the intro, so I wasn't sure, you know, we, if we... We do not record with the... That is correct. So on the regular okay. episodes, we, we use DMX as our as, as the intro. On the um, on the bonus episodes, it's always Bobby Schmurder. I was digging it. Just saying. <laughs> that's right. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, as I'm sure you all have, uh, have gathered, we have gotten through yet another... Yet another preview week. Oh, was that last week? That was last week, yeah. You might have missed it. There were, like, a bunch of things going on, like, you know, <laughs> team previews, and our preseason poll was out for both men and women this year, by the way, along with the all-league teams for both. And then that, you know, the, the aforementioned bonus episode with Justin Kinner, which is which is great we were able to get done. I was just going to tweet you and ask if you wanted to, like, put out some staff predictions on the season or anything, but it sounds like you might have done that. Yeah, we, we kind of got that. Covered. We, we we got that covered. We got John, oh, right, get that good. covered. I mean, I think we got every just yeah. about everybody that we were gonna get. So, um, so yeah, since you since you listened, you already know that we picked Cleveland State to win the Horizon League, as did the league too, by the way. So, so I was I was super happy about it. We 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 did some serious extra work that the league decided. Shit, we're not doing again. <laughs> we did a third. We did a third team preseason. We did the we did um, defensive player of the year and sixth man of the year and um, you know. And by the way, sixth man might be uh, our six. Our pick for sixth man might be a uh, might might be a little bit of a thing. But we'll talk about that a little later. Um, Do you imagine that but, the league looked at our predictions and like all of our extra work and like you idiots? No. You are wrong because our all league teams first and second team matched theirs exactly, so they obviously used us as a blueprint. Oh, I just meant the extra work. Oh, the extra work. Well, well you know, to, well to be fair, now they're they're doing their own extra work this week because Horizon League, uh, the Horizon League is putting up videos for all the uh, for all the teams every day for uh, on on their Twitter account. So uh, what you what you consider extra work on our end is not necessarily is not they may not necessarily consider extra work on their end. So yeah. So we were a little we got a little in depth. Wow, I even I even wrote stuff. And by the way, if you want to write for us, you need to go to horizonroundtable.com and uh, click on the write for uh, help wanted at, help wanted link at the top. We could use some we could use some help during the regular season. John, I I was waiting for you like I feel like I've just talked the whole time. That was your big John Parker moment, talking about writers and all the writing you guys had to do and all that, and you, you left us out to try <laughs> right, there. Yeah. Technical difficulties. I, I thought it cut out on me there for a second. Um, but yeah, we 
are definitely always looking for writers. We're we're obviously expanding into the women's game this yes. year. Um, but on top of that, you know, if I think what we we really want is to have you know re, uh, recaps of all the games, and then you know if you want to write something else, awesome. Um, so oh, we're doing recaps of the games. That seems like a lot of more work than we were asking for people. <laughs> What? We did last year? That, we I don't know what – we did, like, weekly columns last year. I thought oh. that's what we were doing this year. Again. Yeah, that's so, fine. Although the schedule is going to be – yeah, we'll, we'll – we'll, yeah, but um, we'll, we'll figure that out a little later. But, again, but, yeah, um, wow, I mean, you wrote a bunch. Heck, I wrote a couple even. Um, and I never write, as you can – obviously. I, Do you I know, know what my favorite I, one was and what I would love to see come through in the, uh, the wanted ads? Maybe yes. we should even uh, – solicit it is um i loved having cameron bedford from um pfw like having that player yeah. perspective like yes i would love to try to see if we can get some more players writing some players diaries because i think that's really really cool absolutely really yes um yeah so and by the way Cam, cameron bedford i he is scheduled to uh join us next week uh on the podcast so i'm looking forward to that and by the way week after and i gotta start like soliciting uh you know getting on t- get in touch with all these people the week after is our uh, student media forum so i gotta get so i get down the horn with all those student newspaper folks and say hey you want to get on the podcast again that would be awesome make sure they know that the professionals from their schools were already on with us like so you no look pr- silly no not pressure us now. yeah uh, no pressure there you go um yeah so that's uh but yeah that i'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, yeah so we're i want to i actually do want to start out with uh I do want to start out with Cameron's piece because obviously, you know, that was kind of his first of many. I'm sure he's going to be writing for us this season. Nice, again, nice player perspective. Although um, John, as I'm sure you read uh, during his thing, he he does project Deontay Billups being a starter. Yeah, are they going to go small ball like super? Which small is going to kind of pooch the deal for you because you picked him as the sixth man of the year. Are they? I, I'm confused. Is he going to essentially be their power forward? I don't know. That's a good question. No, I think – no. I think he's got him. He actually he actually projects Billups to start over Jalen Pipkins. No, he has both in. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. I, I, okay, then I have no idea what's going on, honestly. Are you sure? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to figure that one out. We'll have to – you know what? We'll ask him next week. <laughs> We'll ask him next week. Hey, by the way, um, so that's gonna. Well, I mean, they have enough. I mean, Purdue Fort Wayne has enough guards that they can do that, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Uh, yeah, that that makes them like really quick and like really lethal because they're all gonna shoot. Because if they got Bobby Plunius again, my my favorite. No 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 disrespect to Cameron, but my my favorite player. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be. But yeah, that's gonna be all of them, and then. Um, so yeah, out of curiosity, I guess I should ask. Um, yeah, so that's going to be an interesting experience. Not gonna lie. In that case, I'm picking one of the Robert Morris guys for six man. I don't know who it'll be again. Which but. one though? I mean, geez. So so when I so yeah so we when we went over Robert Morris, um, man, when I was doing that preview. Good Lord, they have so many new faces. I mean, and by the way, that is, if you've noticed, that is kind of a pattern for most of the bottom of the predicted, the kind of the predicted bottom of the uh, bottom of the standings preseason wise. 
is that th there's a common thread and a common theme for all of these uh, all of these teams. It's that they basically lost most of their people, and they've got all these people coming back, which is fun. Except for poor, except for Purdue, Fort Wayne, but we they're picked to finish. We picked them to finish what seventh, so. Um, and the Horizon League picked them to finish ninth. I mean, I, I like our prediction a little better. Yeah, I, I feel like so for me, it feels like the the known quantity or commodities of the bottom of the league. Um, Purdue Fort Wayne got you know brings everyone back, whereas a lot of teams yeah. lost. Bunch of players. Well, again, you got to remember too. We don't, as far as our projections are concerned, we got them finishing seventh. But when you're yeah. talking about when you're talking about you not UIC, when we're talking about um, when we're talking about Green Bay, when we're talking about Robert Morris, and definitely when we're talking about IUPUI, we're talking about three teams right there that are completely, almost completely starting from scratch i mean yeah. i mean not not to say that robert morris is, is starting from scratch because they do have cam ferris and they have khalil spear but man they have so many different faces that are coming in and also and again you know i think green bay it, i think green bay's in the same boat because they got lucas steber and they got manny ansong and then they've got to replace holy crap they've got to replace josh jefferson Terrence Thompson, Amari Davis, and I don't know how you're going to fix it. How you're going to replace him? I mean, that's going to. I mean, they they lost most of their most of their productivity yeah, from last year. I know the the Green Bay fans were pretty upset with the 11th place projection, but I mean, of the known commodities, they we, have, you know what we made it up for them for being the you know the sole preview we we uh, we posted. Uh, this so you know what we we made a special effort for you to be like yes here you go no I'm kidding um but yeah so but yeah but when I looked at the roster I mean they they completely redid everything I mean you only have a handful of people back from last year which is you know you have uh you know you got Steber who by the way again scholarship still trying to figure out how we didn't had didn't have a scholarship last year but you know you'll fit i you can figure that out on your own you know they got they got manny ansong back they got japana kellogg back um you know uh, ken kirchman i guess um ryan claflin who was also a starter too um but that's about it everybody else is uh, it seems like everybody else is pretty new yeah and the one thing you know, we were just talking about Robert Morris and all their transfers. The one thing with the Green Bay transfers and why I I personally projected them low, I'm not sure about you guys, was... I picked them the, the same place that everybody else did, so... <laughs> of the ones that we've seen play Division One ball already, um, Ivory wasn't very, you know, didn't do a ton over at UMass Lowell and then went to Boise State, I believe, as a walk-on, but... I mean, again, didn't really play. Um, Listow went to Belmont, and he was just a shooter off the bench, kind of averaged, I think, a little over three points per game, whereas some of these other schools are adding, I mean, a Damian Chonqui, a guy who was first-team all-conference for an NCAA tournament team last year, um, you know, Jamal Kane who was averaging almost 10 points and I think six rebounds at Marquette in the big East. 
Well, look also. Well, look also too at the. Well, let's, uh, when you look at Robert Morris, look who they added. Yeah, they added. So you know, they added Rasheem Dunn, who was at St. John's, and by the way, get and yes, he spent a year at Cleveland State, but he didn't play. That's why he's a newcomer. Um, he didn't play a single. He didn't play a single minute because of the transfer rules at the time. Um, and Michael Green the third. You know, who was all conference in the um, oh man NEC. NEC, yes. <laughs> you, I know you. You're going to keep confusing the NEC with the America East, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I don't normally. Nick Lawrenson is going to be very mad at you because Nick Lawrenson is <laughs> starting up his own uh, America East podcast, which, by the way, tune in. Uh, he, it sounds like he's going to be uh, you know, recording that next week. So I'm looking forward to that myself. Um, but yeah, so, um, and that's not the, yeah. So in terms, I guess there are. It, and for Green Bay, maybe it's because of, you know, who else is coming in in terms of the transfers for, I mean, it, let's let's not be mistaken. Robert Morris didn't exactly, you know, Robert Morris wasn't, since, since there are, even though we got those two guys, there are a bunch of other guys I got in. I know this. I I know this because I was like thinking, okay, which people am I supposed to be uh, putting into this repeat yeah, story? Because there's like about nine of them. They, I think he's got like nine guys coming in, and so does Green Bay. I mean, that, that's kind of the again, that's kind of the 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 thread essentially. Yeah, and, and why where I preferred Robert Morris over Green Bay is Robert Morris has a bunch of guys who've proven they can do it at this level. Green Bay has a bunch of guys who were sitting on benches. Not, I mean. Not even getting on the court. I'll also take Andy Tool in that situation. <laughs> Fair enough. This is true because you know Andy Tool again. Andy Tool has you know in his Proven time coach. in the NE, well yeah in the time in his in in the NEC he's basically this has basically kind of been his his strategy. He's he's understood that the transfer portal is a thing. It's not the boogeyman. And not only in spite of the fact you might lose some people out of the transfer portal, you there are per, plenty of opportunities to get new new folks in. And he did that's exactly what it did um, in this case. You know, one thing I've heard talked about, um, and it, it actually came up from Greg Campy with Oakland, and I know we'll get to them in a little bit, but I think it actually applies to a lot of these teams too in the bottom half, is he was talking about how he only has two players on his roster who have actually played a game in the arena with fans and how much that's going to be different this year. And I think for a lot of these guys, yeah. you know, you know, that, that number really kind of applies to most of these teams where even if they've been on the team for a year or two now, they haven't played games with fans. And, you know, some of these teams, let's be honest, our attendance numbers aren't that high. It's not going to make a huge difference, but for some of them, it is going to make a difference. Or when you go into the Nutter Center, if it's rocking, you know, what is that like for for some of these guys? You know, even if they've played college ball in front of fans, have they played in these environments? You know, and what some of those environments are capable of being if they return to what they used to be. Um, but I think that was just a really interesting stat that, like I said, he's talked about with Oakland. But, I mean, for, for a lot of these teams, especially on the bottom half of the league, um, it really applies to them. Yeah, that is true. And I, well, and I, this, you know, again, this seems like a, it seems like last year was unique in so many different ways. And I think this year is going to be, especially for the new teams, especially for Purdue Fort Wayne, especially for Robert Morris, there's going to be, and for the new coaches, including also the new coaches, like a, you know, like a Will Ryan, who 
you know, we don't know how he's going to game plan specifically now. I mean, we have an idea a little bit, but, you know, I think it's going to be a big thing. Or Luke Yaklich, who last year, I mean, if you look at their look at the roster from them last year, I mean, they had so many issues with getting keeping guys healthy on the floor last year. And I think it really killed them. Um, because they do have, you know, they do have, obviously they do have some, some real, you know, they definitely have some players coming back. They de- we have Michael Diggins and Jamie Hale coming back. You know, they have a fully healthy Rayquandis Mitchell. They have a fully healthy Maurice Commander. Um, they have a fully healthy Zion Griffin. At least I think they are. I'm crossing fingers. Um, I guess the question for them, uh, specifically UIC, is, you know, how do those guys, now that they're all kind of together, how do you, you know, how do they come together along with some new guys they have, along with, you know, the introduction of fans for the first time ever? Yeah, UIC was definitely a team that was really hard to project just because they they played well when they had their whole team together and then they hit COVID issues, they hit injuries. Um, and it's hard to say, you know, I think if I remember right, they got hit the hardest by COVID last year. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. Although Robert Morris was a close second. Yeah. And, and I mean, their whole roster flipped over. So that's a whole other thing. Um, but it's hard to say if, you know, that team that we saw for the first, I think, seven games of the season is, you know, what they're going to be at full strength or if they just had a hot little run. Um, so for me, they were a really tough team to project. Um, and then obviously losing Tevian Kirk, um, he was a huge contributor. Uh, we had him third team all league last year. So yeah. they were hard. The place. <laughs> Can I be honest about Kirk, though? Yeah, I I think that's an addition by subtraction. At the end of well, the day, great well, play, the, great player, but I think his assist caused his assist to turnover ratio was kind of sketchy. <laughs> I I think um yeah, addition by subtraction potentially there. You know, lo- lose that statistically, but someone's going to get the those minutes and those points, and it might be a better teammate, better uh, better player at the end of the day. Yeah, and they have a lot, and they have they brought some guys in who can you know who can distribute like Jalen Warren from Florida uh, from Florida Gulf Coast. He was you know uh, he kind of dropped off a little last year, but you know his junior year he was you know he was their leading assist guy. So maybe he steps into that. So I don't know. Or also, maybe more. Or maybe Maurice Commander's the guy. I'm also struggling, and I did it too in my own predictions, but like, I'm still really, really high on, on, on Yaklich. So like, I, I feel a little weird putting him that low because I, yeah, I think some of these guys he brought in could be better than we're giving him credit for. And that that's a team that got wrecked by COVID, but otherwise was playing really, really good ball at, at a point. Well, that's interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think, and again, this is where the top half kind of, you know, the, the bottom half of the conference kind of suffers by comparison to the top half of the conference. Because if you look at the top six that we had, would you replace, would you replace them with anybody within the, you know, the bottom six? I mean, Oakland, you know, Oakland is six, maybe, but everybody else, no, I don't think so. I'd replace him with NKU, but I always regret that at the end of the year, so I'm, I didn't yeah, do it. Yeah, you you should. Yeah, I'm g- glad you didn't do that this year. No, no, he did. <laughs> of course you did. Never mind. 
I didn't dump NKU that hard. How far? Hard a little bit. Where, where did you predict them this year? I don't know. I think he had them sixth. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, they were my you top half. <laughs> I think he had them ninth last year or something. Yeah. Like something ridiculous like that. Yeah. I, I, I counted them out last year. I've, I've taken the Mia Culpa on that. Uh, I accepted oh, no. I accepted I was wrong, but so I didn't do it as bad this year. <laughs> Interesting though that the league had uh, the the pre the the official preseason poll had them third. Very. I also found that interesting, but again, that, I'm always we'll wrong. Talk a little bit about them later because I'm still slogging through. I don't want to slog is a bad word. We're talking about the you know the 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 you know seven through twelve right now, and I think the big thing. I, I, I when we look at the bottom, obviously with IUPUI, not only did they lose all of their starters with. The exception of Mike DePersia, they have a brand new coach. Um, they don't really have a whole lot. I mean, they got BJ Maxwell, but that's about it. I mean, everybody else is kind of, you know, I wasn't really, I didn't spend a whole lot of time on, you know, their, and I should have probably, but yeah, they're they're not gonna, they're gonna struggle this year. Yeah, they have a couple freshmen that were, you know, interesting. Although um, KJ Pruitt, no, never mind. That might have been his junior year. He got hurt. Anyway, um, they have a couple freshmen that are pretty interesting and um, are, you know, Nick Lorenzen, who wrote Wright State for us last year and is going to be going off and doing his own thing this year. Um, he had two of the freshmen, um, Pruitt, and then... Chuck um, Tua. Okay, thank you for messing up his name for me. Um, I don't, you don't know if I messed it up. <laughs> he had them slated as starters. Yeah. Um, Which makes yeah. sense because, I mean, what else are they going to do? Yeah. And I mean, then, I mean then, your your other choice at the four – I mean, honestly, your other choice at the five is probably, what, Jonah Carrasco? Maybe? I don't know. I, it's interesting. He did – I did – what it was interesting, though, is I saw the um, – the, um, his lineup, he had McClure and KJ Pruitt starting, but not AZ Say and not Bobby Harvey. Um, I would pick those. I would have picked those two over the the other two, the two he picked. That, What's uh, that McClure was actually starting at the end of the year, um, so I could see that. I feel like I don't know. I think I think uh, I I think they I think AZ say as I say I think he, he starts over KJ Pruitt I really do and where yeah no Bakari Lestrap where's he yeah I could see one I mean of- he did he did mention that you know that 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 third guard position is gonna be is gonna be kind of competitive between Pruitt Lestrap Harvey and Say yeah I could, I could see that happening I agree yeah I could see that happening but I also but at the same time I also kind of see I also kind of do see that, you know, the specifically Harvey, uh, specifically say, I could see him being in the starting lineup. I mean, to be fair, I could also see Lestrap or Harvey being in the lineup as well. So it's <laughs> going to be kind of, it's going to be trial and error for them, honestly. Yeah. It really is. Okay. And question for you. Um, yes. Looking at their lineup, I kind of feel like the guy who has, you know, the most demonstrated success at this level, the guy who could end up being, you know, their leading scorer and things like that, um, is BJ Maxwell. Intra- yes. Depending on how much he scores, 
would he be newcomer, all newcomer eligible if we had it? <laughs> no, he would not. <laughs> I'm going. I, I can't tell you how many times I have to say this. No, he played at Detroit Mercy. He is not eligible. He is he not. Play? It's just not. Didn't he only play two games? He played more than that. Oh, I thought he. I thought he. Oh, did he start his career there and then? He, yeah. Well, he didn't like start no, his. He started. He was at. I thought he transferred from. I'm gonna he, get that. Okay, so here's where he started. Okay, he was at. See, he was at Abilene Christian. Yeah. And he spent. Oh, okay. So he started two games. He started two games at Detroit Mercy and then got hurt. There we go. No, he's still not a newcomer. Next Grant, question. How many games did Grant Basile play before he got hurt? And then he was still all freshman the next year. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even know he got hurt. Honestly, I had no, I had no idea. I didn't even know he got hurt, so sorry. Um, he's not eligible for a made-up award. Yeah, so. Isn't it like whatever. who's lying? Can't we just decide what we want anyway? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, no. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I again, I think the is, uh, is it Tua as the starter. I don't know if that, I mean, between. Between Carrasco and Panda, Dimitar Pandev, didn't Dimitar Pandev actually start at one point in time? Or am I confusing him with the other guy who's now a, uh... yeah, he made three starts last year. <laughs> he, he had three starts last year before getting hurt, Dimitar Pandev. Because I'm yeah. thinking of Dimitri Gregor, or Gregor, uh, Georgiadis, who's now a, I love this, he's now a, he's now playing, he's now at Virginia Tech playing tight end. Yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I'm like, holy crap. Okay, so he went for bat. It's weird how many times we have this conversation. It's yeah, because I think, I think Georgiadis, had he stayed, probably would have been the starting center. But you know, you also have again, but you also have at the same time, you also have you have Pandev, who was starting before he got hurt. You also have Jonah Carrasco, theoretically could also start. I. Mean, I mean, but man, those are some. I'm so, but in the middle, those are some big shoes to fill because you're, you know, you are you are trying to replace Elijah Goss, and wow, that's just not even. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, they. I mean, obviously, the reason that they went from the middle that back down to the bottom is their production was largely those three players: Goss, Jalen Minette, and Marcus Burke. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah, I mean, it, but when you look at the IUPUI last year, I mean, they, they didn't set the world on fire, but they didn't finish last. But at the same time, you also knew everybody was on borrowed time. You knew Marcus Burke was probably going to look at probably going to look at the, you know, going pro again, which he did. Uh, we're really weird. He we don't we haven't heard anything about where he's going, by the way, pro wise. Um, you kind of you kind of thought Manette might, you know seek life elsewhere which he did at what is it missouri state he's at now yep and then goss you know he's he's already he he was already thinking pro anyway so you knew he was gone and then of course the situation with byron rim which i i mean it has to be covid related that he you know he ended up staying just one more year 
as opposed to a multi-year extension. I would think so, yeah. And that's so, I mean, that's the only explanation I can think of. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the guy they replaced him was Matt Crenshaw, and Matt Crenshaw is is IUPUI through and through. I mean, he's the he's the all time assist leader. He knows that he knows that institution like the back of his hand. But I mean, to me, I would I I don't know if it would have been more advantageous to offer him the job last year over this year. But I don't know. I guess we'll. I mean, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Um. Because when you look at, I mean, it's funny because when we were talking about, when we were talking about who, you know, who would get this job when, before Brian Rim and eventually ended up getting that one year extension, I don't think we mentioned Matt Crenshaw at all. <laughs> I don't remember. No, I mean, I, I think it was a lot of Horizon League retreads and then um, Stan, Stan Gerard. Gerard, who ended up going to USI, who maybe jumped into D1 soon and. Hi, Southern Indiana fans. Welcome. <laughs> Hello. But yeah, that's um. So yeah, it's it's weird that we did. It's funny we didn't mention him, and I I can't believe I didn't mention him because I'm like the you know, it's he's got an issue again. But he's get you know he obviously he's getting the benefit of the doubt. He's gonna have a an entirely. You know, he's working, you know, he's basically working through, you know, the, the first year. He's get, he's trying to rebuild, you know, after losing most of his scoring from last year, which is going to be, he's going to have to find some new scores there. And maybe it is B.J. Maxwell. Who knows? Not yeah. a newcomer. What's that? Not a newcomer. <laughs> not, not in my estimate. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter because we're the, you know, we're the only ones doing newcomer. Remember, uh, the Horizon League does all freshmen. Yeah. Um, which, will be, which will basically be Pat Baldwin Jr. and everybody else, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one prediction I made on my all league or my awards picks that was not voted on, but was technically voted on. He was unanimous on the first team all league. No one else who was a freshman, got a vote. So, oh, he's freshman of the year. Um, so it's interesting, and I'm glad you brought that up because when we talked about the all-league teams, because we did three, te- obviously, we uh, we did we did extra work than the Horizon League did, and we had all three, we had three teams instead of two. They only had two, our two and their two match perfectly. But we did, some, obviously, we did something a little differently on the third team because we added in, um, because... I know, and when we had a conversation, when we talked to Justin Kinner about this in the bonus episode, there was, it, it seems like it's, as far as new transfers coming in, there's a lot of trepidation, if you will, to include them in these preseason all-conference teams, where yeah. we, of course, have no such qualms about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I mentioned um, with Justin that... Like, even Kendrick Nunn, who's still playing in the NBA, uh, was, like, kind of halfway down the second team when he made it. And then he easily won player of the year. Um, And, yeah, I I think we have, like I said in my my all-newcomer, essentially what that was about was, hey, here's a bunch of guys that, you know, you might not know much about who could honestly, by the end of the year, be all-league. I think there are more than five guys who fit that bill this year. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, I mean, the, the the amount, the the influx of transfers that came in this year is, uh, well, I guess we shouldn't be surprised because that is basically, especially the last few years. I mean, we, we all, you know, I, I know we've made kind of a big thing about the transfer portal, the, you know, everybody moving out and blah, 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 blah. But how many times, how many, how many players, how many quality, solid players have come in through the transfer portal? Over the last, you know, last five, six, even uh, for over the last decade, how many of them have come in and just basically just blown the doors off of people? Yeah, a ton. And I would say most of the guys this year, or a lot of the guys this year, um, Rasheem Dunn, yeah. uh, Kane, they're more, their resumes look more like Kendrick Nunn's than they do like a Sandy Cohen, like a Tijon Lucas. Um, they're guys who were like highly productive at the yeah. division one level at, you know, a lot of times, um, you've either got guys who like Michael Green and Damian Chonqui, who were actually have already come in with some hardware with, you know, all league picks, yeah. fre- all freshmen. Teams. I know. I think I'm pretty sure. I think I picked on my third team. I think I had Chonqui on 13. Yep. On Most people did. Um, yeah, for a while there, it was really interesting. We were getting the the first team plus Tanner Holden were on every single ballot, and then Damian Chanqui. We were all just like, "Yeah, he's going to make third team specifically." <laughs> for yeah, we had most of the ballots in before he didn't show up on one. Um, it, was it Carrick? Carrick put a Detroit Mercy person like whole <laughs> roster on there, didn't he? That's what it was. <laughs> You can make an argument. Well, we'll talk a little bit about Detroit Mercy a little later, but you can make an argument for DJ Harvey, though. Yeah, he kind of falls into that Jamal Kane category, that that Damian Chanqui category. Um, yeah, I can see him being that guy. Um, you know, he he. I can see him. Yeah, that uh, it's and it, again, it's funny that the Horizon League. And they had, I'm pretty sure, and I can't remember how long ago it was, that they actually did have an all-newcomer team. And then, for some reason, they switched over to all-freshmen. And I know there was, like, one year, I think it was a couple years ago, where, yeah, I I could, I struggled to figure out who the best freshmen were in this league. Because all the good, all, everybody, it was all, you know, the, the, the best, you know, there were, so many much better newcomers that drew our attention than freshmen, really, which is interesting. Um, and yeah, one other team that we actually didn't list anyone from who could definitely have people who are essentially, you know, newcomers who jump up and have big seasons. Uh, Youngtown State, it sounds like they're going to have some starters that. Our transfers in, uh, and one that I actually really wanted to talk about, uh, Tevin Olison. Yes, the yeah the NA, from the from the University of the Cumberlands in NAIA. Yeah, and exactly. Mark Weems. I think Mark Weems actually had him projected as a starter. Yeah, and that is definitely, um, you know, what they're doing is so much different than what everyone else is doing um, with, you know. Tevin Olison, Chris Shelton. Um, they've got a bunch of guys coming in from lower divisions. They do also have Dwayne Cohill from uh, Dayton. But yes, 
Dwayne so, Cohill for Dayton. I think he's going to be kind of the – yeah, and again, Dwayne Cohill I think could potentially be – I think he's in that – would be – I think he would be in that same potentially um, as some of the other guys we mentioned because he was pretty – you know, he, he had a pretty decent high school career, obviously, you know, being in this area, you know, he did he couldn't not mention him. But yeah, I think for for Youngstown State, their big thing is going to be okay. How are we going to re- how are we going to replace Darius Quisenberry, and how are we going to replace Nas Bohannon? And how I, I'm still going to keep asking this until my dying day: How on earth, of all the places, Darius Quisenberry could go, Fordham? <laughs> it sounds I'll like get that one. I'll get that one. He's doing a good job over there at recruiting. I'm sure he. I'm sure they. I mean, well, they kind of have to because they've been at the bottom of the A10 since they got there. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the way that they've decided to try and replace them is almost by committee with a bunch of guys who already have a lot of college basketball experience. I mean. They're the the one team doing it. I'm really interested in seeing how it goes. They're going to have, I think, what, five guys who have played in Tevin Olison's case, it's NAIA. In everyone else, it's Division Two or Division Three NCAA experience. Yeah. I, uh, I think also helping their cause is the fact they, they do have starters coming back. They have Garrett Covington and Michael Akuche. Who are both coming back for their? I guess I guess we're using the term "super seniors." That's, <laughs> that's what we're calling them now. Um, but they're coming back, so obviously they're going to be in the starting line. And because Quisenberry got hurt, we saw a lot of Shamar Rathan Mays, which yeah. is good because he's obviously going to be the guy running the point next year. Yep. So so you you don't you didn't leave the cupboard completely bare. But obviously, you're going to be looking to these, you know, these non-D1 transfers, all as well as Dwayne Cohill. I think again, I think he's going to be a big X factor in all of this to figure out where they're going to be, where they're going to project, where they're going to be projected. Again, I think you know, but again, do they be, do they kind of break through and become a top half team? Man, I don't know because it just seems like there are so many. And I mean, there's so much. There, there's so much competition at the top that again, that that bottom half, those bottom half teams suffer by comparison. Yeah, one thing that it definitely seemed like to me when I was putting my rankings together, I can't speak for everyone else. There were kind of two groups in the top half where most of their core is coming back, and then the guys who at, for, to teams that were already pretty successful, and then. Yeah some of the departing players seem to have maybe not like a, a a true replacement, but someone who can replace the production. If they did have, you know, a big player transfer out or something like that. Um, Or you're just right state and you beat everyone by 30 last year. So losing loud and love, you might beat them by like eight this year. And that's still a win. Just eight (laughs) slackers. Um, But yeah, that's, that's kind of the, but yeah, I mean, yeah, and in the case, but but again, yeah, those top teams, those bottom teams, kind of, you know, I think Youngstown State is in that situation because they have three starters coming back, but they also lost 
two really big players. Yeah, two guys who've been all league before. Um, What's interesting, the, the one, again, the Purdue Fort Wayne is another interesting situation because they didn't lose anybody. I mean, they lost, they lost Dylan so, Carl, but they didn't lose, uh, you know, Jared Godfrey's back. They lost, uh, you know, they lost Demetri Horton, but they have Jared Godfrey. They had Deontay Billups, who, you know, maybe he's starting, maybe he's not. If he's starting, you're screwed, John. I, I um, think he's starting if one of their players says he's starting. <laughs> Well, like I said, we'll ask, we'll ask, but then you bring, you know, again, I guess this, maybe, maybe it's because the size is a question for, uh, for Purdue Fort Wayne, but that backcourt, their backcourt is just not, is just outstanding. So, I I mean, that's going to be, that's where I'm going to kind of think, okay, well, that's why I picked them seventh. And maybe a little, you know, I would say a little higher, but I mean, they also have not. They we haven't even talked about Quentin Morton Richardson yet from Radford, another guy, uh, another guy who kind of fall, falls into the mold of, you know, these guys all can shoot. That's that's a John Kaufman thing. He he makes no bones about it. I'm pretty sure we he mentioned it when he was on with us. But yeah, absolutely that guy. Um, he falls into that category and, you know, RJ Ogum, same thing. I mean, he's probably going to be, you're, you're probably looking at some guys who are probably going to be, and then of course, you know, Bobby Planutis, my guy. But yeah, I think, I guess the question for Purdue Fort Wayne that I have is, okay, these guys can all shoot. They can all shoot at volume. They all shoot well. Will the shots fall? And then how do you make up for the lack of size? Which, by the way, again, within the Horizon League, I'm not sure that makes much of a difference, but um, maybe because there are certain there are certain circles, you know, there are certain teams that have bulked up in terms of size. Yeah. Um, and one of those. Is definitely not Oakland. <laughs> um, one of those is definitely not Oakland. Um, one of those is, de- yeah. To me, they were one of those. So you had Wright State and Cleveland State finish tied for first last year. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland State brought back basically everything. Wright State, yes, they won. They were winning by twenty and thirty so frequently. I think it's reasonable to say they're still gonna finish near the top. Um, then, to me, there was Northern Kentucky, Detroit, Mercy, and Oakland. Uh, it seems like the league didn't really agree that those three were lumped together. Although, I should point out that Oakland, we we, we, uh, we picked Oakland six, and so did the league. So, at least we got that one. We'll talk a little bit about kind of the witchy ways direction that everybody went with the predictions on that in the next episode. But, yeah. But Oakland seemed to be a very solid six. They did. Yeah, they were pretty unanimously sixth in both polls. Um, and it's interesting. So as far as lack of size, they I get it. They but they're also going to have they're going to have this weird thing where I mean, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. They're probably going to have three like six foot six to six foot eight combo yeah. forwards in their starting lineup. Yep. So before you actually, Matt, 
We're going to make everybody wait until next episode to talk about Oakland. So what, what Oakland has pre- coming to the table. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. I'm just, I'm just sitting here. I'm letting you guys. We're going to make them wait. We're going to make you. You know, but that's okay. You're not going to have to wait a week. You'll just have to wait until Monday. Um, you'll just only have to wait a day. But uh, so that so we'll talk about them in the second part of this uh, this post preview week recap. But um, in the meantime, again, go to HorizonRoundtable.com. We did all this stuff for last week. Read up. We've got all the previews up. We've got all the predictions we have. Make sure you get over there. All of our previous episodes are up there. The bonus episode with Joe's Justin Kinner is up there as well. Um, be sure to follow us. You know, again, you know, we're up on all pot, you know, wherever podcasts are available. So be sure to subscribe to us there and you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So tune in tomorrow. Do you tune in tomorrow and and we'll we'll talk about the say you know, have the second half of this whole big shebang uh, coming up later. But until then, thank you all for listening.